Welcome in, Iowa Hawkeye fans, to another episode of the Hawkeye Tailgate Report. This is a special episode, however. Football season came to an end a couple weeks ago, which always kind of breaks my heart. But we're doing a end of the year, or HTR, end of the year uh, football awards. And uh, we got a good list of awards here with some former players named after them. Uh, joining me tonight, Austin Myers, Sam Middleton. They are both they both have been on the podcast before. Sam, just last week. Austin Myers, a frequent frequent uh co-host of mine how you guys doing doing good luke thanks for having me on it's uh the night before the iowa iowa state game so i'm uh very stressed out but i'm doing good yes right. hate week part two all righty yeah we really need to get that or win that game tomorrow night but we'll get there after after the awards but we're going to start with the football uh some football quick here before we get to the awards uh urban meyer at ohio state announced he retired just the other day here, which I'm kind of glad to see. And I saw something on Twitter that said he uh, doesn't have a winning record at Kinnick Stadium or against the Hawkeyes for that matter. Uh, You guys got any thoughts on this? I've got one opinion on Urban Meyer. Uh, Fuck that guy, but that's all I'm going to say. I agree. I second that motion. (laughs) Um, Also, Anybody out there stupid enough to believe that Urban Meyer is done with coaching after he left Ohio State needs to uh, rethink their life. Because obviously, he's going to. Same thing when he left Florida. Kind of a lot of controversy. Then he leaves. He'll sit back in the shadows for like four years, and then he'll fucking come back, and everybody's going to start sucking him off when he takes another program to the national championship. Yeah, but then a year or two later, he'll start having some more migraines or neck pain or whatever, and then call her a career. Such yeah, a... or or he'll start covering up a uh, domestic violence by his coaching staff and whatnot. Also, I saw this list that Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, and Jim Harbaugh all have never won in Kinnick Stadium. That's pretty. It's pretty high honor to the best stadium in football, right there. It is. I mean, you ask any opposing player that comes, where's the hardest place to play? What do they say? Kinnick. Night game, Kinnick, who talked dirty to me. All right, but moving on here, uh, Hawkeyes are going to the Outback Bowl. A lot of people thought it was going to be the Holiday Bowl, but I believe Northwestern snuck that one away, applied to get some press passes for that, but didn't hear anything back. So plus the Hawkeyes aren't heading there. What do you guys think? Uh, well, first thought is, damn, we go to the Outback Bowl a lot. They really want us down in Florida. The Kurt Ferentz Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it'll be a good game. Uh, with Mississippi State, it'll probably be a test. But what is, I think the opening line is we're uh, Mississippi State's favorite by like four and a half points or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something right? like that. Yep. They given over under yet? I haven't that. seen one. It's probably like 24. <laughs> It's going to be a freaking shootout. I mean, if I could afford to go to a bowl game, I would much rather go to Tampa than San Diego. So I agree. I agree. And playing a big-time SEC school, we shit the bed so many times the last few years against them. you gotta, mm-hmm. you got to hope we can finally do like an old Kirk Ferentz team and get her done. Although a couple years ago when we played LSU, Jake Rudock's like freshman year or whatever, where he kind of pulled a eight and four season out of his ass, uh, we played LSU and they had Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry on that team, and we almost pulled off a fourth quarter comeback. 
Well, you remember who our trio of linebackers were, right? Uh, was it Hitchens, Morris, and Kirksey? Yeah. That's not a bad bad. trio. (laughs) That's a, that's about as good as Jewel, Bauer, and Neiman. That's, that's, that's shits on Jewel, Bauer, Neiman. Pardon my French. Ooh. Jewel was the best out of all of them. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. But yeah, that combination, uh, was much better than, than the, uh, the Jewel, Neiman, and, uh, fucking... Help me out here, guys. I'm blanking. Bauer. Bauer, there we go. Yeah. That yeah. combination is much better. But, uh... This could be a what, good argument, actually. What was that, Sam? That would be a good argument. That what? better trio. I think Bo Bauer sets it is the only reason it's the other guys, though. Yeah. And no, no, that's no offense to Bo. That's just how much better. Yeah. I mean, Bo was a fine linebacker, but just compared to the other five in that mentioned in that group, it's, uh... Yeah, not on the level. Maybe see the Hawkeyes run a two-five defense. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, so one thing I have on this game, people always—I've heard people complain that we're going back to Tampa. Whatever, I just like going to a bowl game. It's nice waking up on New Year's Day. You're a little hungover, and you usually don't do a whole lot on that day anyway. So roll out of bed, drink some coffee, have some good dips, some Bush Lights, and watch some Iowa football. Hopefully, it's not a curb stomping like. It has been or was a couple years ago against Florida. And also, I am sick and tired of cheering for coconut frickin' shrimp. Give us blooming uh, uh, bloomin Onion Outback Steakhouse. Do they not fucking know Iowans at all? That's like, ridiculous. I, we don't <laughs> eat shrimp up here. No. Don't don't give us the if shrimp. we do, garbage. it's in an elementary school lunch. Yeah. And it's popcorn. Yeah, that's the bomb. There's nothing wrong with a little popcorn shrimp, but don't. I don't want coconut shrimp. I want the, I want the bloomin' onion, damn it. But uh, it's it's clear choice, clear choice. Nah, I I wouldn't say that. Oof. I'm a fan of shrimp. You're outnumbered here. Yeah, you That's lose good. this one. <laughs> All right, <laughs> moving on here. It's time for the first ever Hawkeye Tailgate Report end of football season awards show here, and we got really a long list. What was that, Stan? It really rolls off the tongue. It, yeah, it's a, it's a long winded <laughs> name, but whatever. That's fine. Uh, okay, so we'll get things started here. It's the Pocky O'Mara Do-It-All Player of the Year Award, and this goes to the player who did the most for the Hawks this season. And the nominees are A.J. Epinesa, Amani Hooker, and T.J. Hawkinson. So on this list, we have the Big Ten Defensive Back of the Year, uh, the Tight End of the Year uh, for the Nation. God, what's the name? I just... Mackey Award. Mackey Award, Mac- thank award. you. Sorry, that's really dumb of me. Uh, and then also probably the edge, best edge rusher in the Big Ten. Uh, and the award is going to go to Amani Hooker for his work on defense and special teams. Amani Hooker, everybody. Yeah, that away. Got uh, Amani. You guys want to have a word here? Want to have a moment? Because one of you guys did vote for AJ Epinesa. Yeah, uh, that was me. I'm not afraid to hide it. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, Say it loud and proud. Nah. No, that's nothing against money. I thought AJ was just such a force uh, that he could have got it, but Amani Hooker was great. Obviously, he got the Big Ten Defensive Back of the Year award, but then also he did a lot of good work on special teams, and then when he was on the field on defense, he did a lot of time playing like a kind of hybrid linebacker defensive back role, and once he kind of set in there, really sort of solidified the Iowa defense because we had some injuries. So, yeah, I definitely have no problem with him winning the award. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I also voted for Hooker. Uh, aside from Gervas back there, 
I mean, Ojemudia played in the secondary, but with, he didn't play all year, and he was very shaky. But uh, we had a very inexperienced, especially at the cornerback position, very in, inexperienced defensive backs group. So uh, I think Hooker just did a nice job of stabilizing back there and kind of keeping it consistent, at least deep. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a badass. Pretty much all that needs to be said. Hopefully, he has the, hopefully the NFL draft or the player committee says come back to school. Yeah. That would not be a good loss there. Yeah. All righty. Now, the next award is the Chad Greenway was onside's bullshit call of the year. And this goes to the biggest bullshit call from, this, from the officials this season. Now, before we had voted for this, Somebody, one of you two, was it you, Sam, who mentioned you would like to throw another option in the ring? Or was it you, Austin? Uh, no, I believe that was Sam. What? It was? Or no, you were talking about how Fant. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we decided he was on the field. So. Yep, yep, sorry. Right. Basically, <laughs> any flag thrown against Iowa is bullshit, so. Basically. Yeah. I guess I could just expand my... Because we, we didn't determine that he's on the field, but just the use of Fant in general. But that's a discussion for a different time. This is a specifically penalties against Iowa award. So we'll keep rolling with that. All right. So the call that's going to take it home, the only one I could think of that really pissed me off from this past season, was the pass interference call on the final drive for Purdue against Julius Brents in the end zone that brought Purdue into field goal range. That call was royal bullshit because Purdue's kicker hadn't made a kick outside of 40 all season. And that, that just a bad call. Bad call that hosed us out of a good offensive game. They're probably We probably win that game if that's not called. Yeah, their kicker's not making a 50-yarder. I'd put my life savings on that. Yeah, and it, you watch that play. There's plenty of arm fighting going on. Between both guys. and the Purdue receiver. Honestly, you could make the case that the Purdue receiver was pulling down Brent's arm quite a bit more than he was doing. So, honestly, if anything, that should have been a no-call because there is no fucking way that you could say that one of those players was doing more to the other. And that needs to be reviewable. That's another thing because you can't change the outcome of a fucking game based off something like that. Like, that is just crap shit right there. What? Come on. Like, seriously? What? Ugh, man. That's like calling a foul in basketball with like 10 seconds left, put a guy at the line when it's like, was it a foul? Or... Yeah. <laughs> that's one of, that's like the only game I can ever remember Iowa scoring 35 plus points and losing. That is just sickening because that was the worst <laughs> defense I'd seen from Iowa in a long time. But. That's bad. Moving on to the next award here. It's the James Butler Newcomer of the Year Award and goes to the best player who was new to the program this season or like there was this their first season with a, a majority of playing time and the options were julius brantz who had 13 tackles three passes defended and an interception on the season uh colbert i don't know how to pronounce his first name i i, I was diamond thinking, diamond 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 like, like vagina kind of i oh. should say that but diamond <laughs> yeah okay so diamond colbert had 51 tackles, one tackle for loss, and a pass defended. And then your winner, unanimous decision by us three, Mackay Sargent, 901 scrimmage yards and 10 touchdowns this season. Well Better done, Better than Mackay. David Montgomery. What? What was that? Better than David Montgomery. Oh, he <laughs> was, clearly. Like, when you look at Sargent's build, it's not like 
you wouldn't think he's a very powerful back because he can get to the corner with ease, but he's not afraid to lower the boom, especially in between the tackles, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, led the team in touchdowns this season, so that's pretty neat. <laughs> Iowa Western Community College really producing those uh, big-time players for Iowa, I guess. I can't even imagine him playing at a lower level than Division One after watching him for a season, though. He just had to rip their asses up. Wouldn't even be fair. I no. think he had like fourteen hundred scrimmage yards in a short in a shortened uh, community yeah. college season last year. Yeah, that's that's just ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, Sergeant, our first unanimous one out of the first three categories here. Moving on is the. Ed Hinkle, performance of the year, and this goes to the best individual performance by a player in a game. You got Nate Stanley against Indiana, who had 320 yards and six touchdowns. A.J. Epinesa against Illinois, eight tackles, three and a half tackles for loss, one and a half sacks, one pass defended, blocked punt, and a punt return touchdown after the blocked punt. I think we know who the winner of this one is. And then Makai Sargent against Illinois, 17 carries, 121 yards, and two touchdowns. Moral of the story, Illinois football is absolute garbage. <laughs> uh, and actually, this was not a unanimous decision. Uh, one vote was given to Nate Stanley for his six-touchdown performance, but A.J. Epinesa uh, against Illinois, I mean... <laughs> Clearly is the winner. He got a couple votes there. Eight tackles, sack and a half, three and a half tackle for losses, and just comes in on special teams and wreaks have it. Talk about the young man here, boys. All right. Before, what can you say about him? Yeah. Before I heap the praise on Epi, can I say how in, – in what world does Illinois give Lovey Smith a contract <laughs> extension after that season? I think it's because the buyout's cheaper – if they were to do that or something after next year. I don't know. They must be smoking some good dope in champagne. I need to get my hands on some of that. <laughs> I, I was talking to one of my friends who's an Illinois fan, and they're like, oh, well, who else are you going to bring in? And I'm thinking, Fucking literally anybody. anybody. <laughs> like, it does not matter who you bring in because – Lovey Smith clearly cannot win Big Ten games. He can beat the crap out of whoever he wants in non-conference because you're playing Little Sisters of the Poor. But like, you got to get somebody that can win and not lose sixty-three to nothing. Let's to Illinois needs to go to the MAC is what needs to happen. <laughs> they would get shellacked in the MAC. I am. Right, they should probably play in the Missouri Valley. There we go. That that's more like it because. I have a feeling Northern Illinois and those boys would have a heyday in the MAC against Illinois. It would, it would still be a bloodbath. I'm not even really worried about that. But uh, yeah, so we've already talked about Illinois football for too long. Yeah, this is one final piece there. Uh, little Birdie's been whispering to me. Don't sleep on a recently retired coach that has a lot of Big Ten experience. Maybe wanted to come into Illinois, turn <laughs> program around. How recent? Name does his name rhyme with Bourbon Schmeyer? It does. <laughs> oh well, that's a hot, hot, hot that's little. That's kind of like there. the Les Miles to Kansas. I hope it, I hope that works out. I'd love to see that. Yeah, we talked about that last week. We we both want him to do well there, but uh, I'm all for Urban to Illinois. Let's get a hashtag going. Yes, we can please. make that happen. We can make that happen. But well, we would have to play him every year then too. You got to think about that. But, I mean, I'm not really worried because he can't beat Iowa. They are garbage. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, moving on, we got former Iowa running back great Mark Wiseman, underappreciated player of the year. And this goes to the player who was often overlooked but performed well. And your nominees are Anthony Nelson, Matt Nelson, and Parker Hesse. And actually, Austin Myers did write in an option here. But uh, we had three <laughs> different people voted for on this one. Uh, I voted for Anthony Nelson. Uh, Sam voted for Parker Hesse and Austin voted for Amir Smith-Marset, kind of coming out of nowhere with that nomination there. But... Being a good dope, though, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, he helped Iowa lead the nation in kickoff return yards. That's true. So that's that's where that was coming from. He only had like nine receptions on the season, which is surprising considering he, had a, he was like their featured receiver. Wait, there's no way that's accurate. Really? Yeah, I, I, I think so. so. Yeah. That's Somebody, honestly really sad. Isn't it? Best about next year if Hawkinson goes <laughs> All right. And so Austin eventually gave up on his Amir Smith-Marset pick, and it was between Hesse and Anthony Nelson, and Austin was the mediator here between Sam and I. We each, we each presented a case, and Austin chose to go with Parker Hesse, who had 52 tackles, nine tackles for losses, and four sacks on the season. He obviously played ahead of A.J. Epinesa, uh, you want to talk a little bit about your boy right here, Sam? Yeah, uh, Parker Hesse is probably up there as one of the most underappreciated Hawkeyes of all time. Probably in the same category as Dallas Clark, Bob Sanders. Jeez. Totally kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all Americans, Mackey Awards. <laughs> no, Parker, Parker, maybe like a Carl Klug, because Klug, Klug was overshadowed by. With Claiborne and Ballard and Ranks, Broderick Benz and Mike Daniels, like, I mean, come on, kind of, kind of actually the same thing there. Probably the two most dominant defensive lines in Iowa history, right there. Just kind of like our linebacker argument. That's another one we should hash out sometime. That sounds like fun. I'm gonna write these down, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give my case for Anthony Nelson just here quick because he got absolutely robbed by Austin. Uh, Anthony Nelson. Yeah, blame it on me. Yeah, it was you, but he. <laughs> Anthony Nelson, like a lot of true Big Ten football fans, might not know his name a lot because he is so overcovered. Over, people don't think of Anthony Nelson when they think think of Iowa's defense. They think of AJ Epinesa, and I'm pretty sure that's the only person that most people could name. But Nelson had just as many sacks this season. Granted, he did play a little little more eight times more snaps. Yeah, he played a lot more than Epinesa, but still nine and a half sacks. He's usually usually the quarterback staring right down the gun barrel when he's coming at him, which is kind of a little more difficult than coming off the blind side. And uh, I don't know, I just people always get him and Matt Nelson's names mixed up together, so that's another reason he's very underappreciated. You got to have your name known if you're a second team All Big Ten defender. I don't know, I just think Anthony Nelson should have got it, but it's going to Parker Hesse, the guy from Eastern Iowa. Well deserved, of course. Yeah, we prefer walk on Iowa over Waukee, Iowa. Sorry. Oof. Hell yeah, we do. <laughs> that shade of Waukee. Uh, all right. So moving on here, we have the Casino Kirk play of the year, and this goes to the wildest play from this past season. The nominees are TJ Hawkinson direct snap against Minnesota in a field goal formation, and the Sam Brinks touchdown catch out of the field goal formation. And the winner is. Sam Brinks for his touchdown reception against Penn State. Shout out to you, Kirk Ferentz, for opening up the playbook a little this year. Uh, he had a hell of an over-the-shoulder catch there in that game. 
He he did it better than Willie Mays. Oof, <laughs> Willie, I I don't know. I it was a very good catch. I feel Rostetter could have thrown it just a little better, but that guy sucks just in general. So, <laughs> Colton, if you listen to this, we love you, man. Good luck next year. Just get the ball further down the field, please. I will Wind out rugby punt. I will give it to Colton. He last his freshman or his first year punting for Iowa was absolutely horrible. He never got any good bounces, but this year it seemed like he'd get every bounce. So you're figuring I think out. when the weather gets colder, he gets it, it's. Obviously, it's harder to punt, and we're expecting Ryan Donahue the entire year. So, kind of like, I get it, but some of the decisions he makes, like, I don't know. Always rugby if you if, I, if you horn. I'm just not a huge fan of the rugby style. It only is effective if it bounces and then rolls a long way. But if the receiver, or if the returner, just gets up and fair catches it, it's only like a thirty yard punt. That's what. Yeah, I mean, he's got like I said, he's got a. He's got to aim it like right at the sideline, have it bounce. You can't kick it right at him. But his normal punts, when it's cold out, just it's like it's like me in the punt passing kick. It's great. All right, so Sam Brinks gets the award there for the Casino Kirk play of the year. T.J. Hawkinson, of course, got the direct snap against Minnesota, which was one of the wildest formations I've seen out there by an Iowa team ever, right next to the pull cat from last year against Ohio State. But moving on is the big brass balls clutch moment of the season. This goes to the most clutch pay, most clutch play from this past season. And the nominees are Miguel Racino's 41-yard game-winning field goal against Nebraska, Brandon Smith's over-the-shoulder 30-yard catch against Iowa State that set up the lone touchdown in the game, uh, and the Geno Stone 24-yard pick six against Penn State. I believe that was in the fourth quarter or, or late third, one of the two. But uh, Sam did mention one he would like to throw out here. For uh, yeah, I, I think took some cojones by Mister Stanley on that fourth and eight against Nebraska before the Miguel Racinos. Hey Nate, you can either punt it or if you see what you like, go ahead. And he fucking he went to the best tight end in the country, Mister uh, Sheridan Iowa, Mister T.J. Hawkinson. That took some balls because if he would have thrown an incompletion, you know damn well. Nebraska would have somehow scored 21 more points in 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, we lose Blew that game. Out. We lose that game if that doesn't get converted. Uh, but we also here had three different uh, vote getters, so we were tied. We had a debate, and it's going to go to Miguel Racinos. I mean, 41-yard field goal in the rain, Heroes Trophy on the line. It would have been nice if we would if it would have been for like our 10th win or 11th win. But hey, any win over Nebraska is a good one, just because Nebraska really sucks so that's always good austin you got any thoughts i mean you pretty much said it i mean as far as clutch plays go in the season you don't get much more clutch than a field goal in the rain as time expires in a rivalry trophy game so i think that was the only obvious answer there all righty yep so that one goes to miguel racinos big brass balls clutch moment of the season uh, down to our final two awards here. We have the Josie Jewell Defender of the Year. Uh, goes to the best defender, and our nominees were uh, Amani Hooker, Anthony Nelson, and AJ Epinesa. Uh, we had one vote go to Amani Hooker, and two go to AJ Epinesa, who had 35 tackles, 15.5 tackles for losses, 9.5 sacks, three forced fumbles, a blocked punt, and one touchdown. And this was all in a half 
half playing time. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if Amani Hooker, if Phil Parker ever blitzed, Amani Hooker probably would have had like twenty sacks. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, come on, they don't Again. blitz. They don't yeah. blitz safeties. But I, I mean, Epinesa, if he plays full time, you can argue that that is a Heisman nominee line. Well, we're gonna be able to figure that out next year because he's gonna yeah. play full games. Oh, so, that's, oh. so he better deliver. He better. 20 sacks minimum. Yeah. Or he's got to come back for a senior year. 20 sacks minimum? I don't even know what the NCAA record is, but it cannot be 20 sacks. Probably like 17 or 18, I bet. Yeah. I mean, he can do it. I mean, if you double his stats from this season, he has 70 tackles, uh, 31 tackle for losses, uh, 19 sacks, uh, (laughs) six forced fumbles, and two touchdowns. So That would be... Something I couldn't even get through that stat line without chuckling. That was, yeah, that would yeah. be. You know, you're making a big impact on the defensive end when, as a true sophomore, playing half the snaps of a starter, uh, opposing offenses still have to game plan for you. Yeah, uh, but AJ Epinesa coming home with the award right there. Monty Hooker coming home, getting one vote, and Anthony Nelson finishing third. But we're moving on to our final award of the evening. The Sean Green Offensive Player of the Year Award goes to the best offensive player for Iowa. Your nominees are TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, and Nathan Stanley. The FBS breaking news into here. We have uh, Sam looked this up. The uh, uh, single season sacks record was 24. Holy shit. By none other than Terrell Suggs. Yeah. So, future Hall of Famer. No big deal. But, yeah, that's absolutely insane. No pressure, AJ. (laughs) No pressure, but if you don't get it, you're not going to be on my favorite. This is a verbal agreement right here. Okay, so getting back to this final award Sean Green Offensive Player of the Year, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, Nathan Stanley. Would you guys like to hear their stats before I announce who won? No. Yes. I think think we all know who this award is going to. Yes, we do, but we'll start with Stanley. He had 2,638 yards, 23 touchdowns, and 9 interceptions this season. Noah Fan had 39 catches, 518 yards, and 7 touchdowns. And the winner, unanimous decision... The Mackey Award winner, TJ Hawkinson, 46 receptions, 717 yards, 6 touchdowns, and don't forget about the rushing touchdown he had earlier this season against Minnesota. So, uh, any comments there? He, by far, would you say him or Epi are the best players on the team right now? Oh, um, that's tough. I mean, they're both sophomores. Uh, Hawkinson, redshirt sophomore, so he's got that one extra year with the team. Yep. Um, but he's a two-star, so you subtract, like, another three years because AJ's a five-star, so, I mean, it's, yeah. you average it out. Mm. I think uh, Hawkinson's more important. I I think they're both going to do very well in the future whether when it's in when they're both in the NFL, but... Uh, AJ's going to be like Dallas Clark, so... Oof. High praise right there. High praise. Put it at to the bank. Take it to the bank. <laughs> Take it to the bank. Yeah, I'd, 
I, I don't know. I'd still think Epines is probably better, but I, Hawkinson's pretty damn amazing what he's done coming in as a two-star at Iowa and kind of just taking over the show the last two years. I don't know. He's really helped the offense, giving him a lot of life. But uh, any final comments here before we move on to the basketball segment here shortly? Can we not? <laughs> we got it. It's for the people. <laughs> for the people. So, yeah, running off what Sam said right there. Hawkeyes, last time we recorded this show, were 6-0 and and looking bright. They were shining bright like a diamond. So basically, and, if they lose tomorrow night, I'm never coming on here ever again. That's... I think that's the... Yeah, whatever. I, yeah. They yeah. Lose, to, lose to Wisconsin and maybe... Would you say that's a really Iowa way to lose a game? Give yeah, up, that was like the old Iowa teams right there. Give mm-hmm. up 50 points in the second half and lose to a ranked Wisconsin team when you had them on the ropes. Make yeah. Ethan Apple look like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like... Oh no, my. he didn't have that good of a game. Um, we just played like ass that entire time. It was the most charged atmosphere Carver's had in a Nick. lot of years, and then we just couldn't get anything going. It was pretty pathetic. Bear said it best. He said we we were up by eight, and we just we couldn't we didn't bury him. Like you got to bury him, and he, we didn't. So I, it was disgusting. I. There, I don't know number one's name for Wisconsin, but he got so many rebounds, and eventually it got to the point where I was standing towards the top of the, the top of Carver, and I yelled, "Somebody put their ass on that fucker!" Because I just wanted him to block him out. He wasn't it, a tall it, guy. He like four, yeah. He wasn't even what oh, man. It was driving me nuts. They got so many second chance opportunities because of that guy, and then uh, thirty four, that guy who took five charges last week. He gets up and ices the game with two free throws, and he holds the pose while walking backwards. I was ready to throw hands. We play them in Madison. Yes, we're winning. We're, might sounds like a road trip if you ask me, but uh, yeah. And then of course we just piles on <laughs> Monday night. Go to the Breslin Center, East Lansing, and Ooh, let's not talk about that game. We were competitive for the first sixteen minutes of the game, and then. Uh, Next game. What's next? Iowa State? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I guess that, though, Wieskamp, like, they're not saying anything. But if he can't play, that's Lakers not good. That they're not think, not expecting him to be able to play tomorrow night. Like, that is really not fucking good at all. He, no, not really. I, like, I literally tweeted about 20 minutes before that happened. I, I tweeted... Man, I just love the way Wieskamp plays. Like, he's such a complete player. He plays defense, a very good offense, can rebound very well. And then I turned the game off because I was getting pissed. I'm like, well, we're not making any shots. What's the point of continuing to watch this right now? And then get a text, Wieskamp's hurt, boys. Doesn't look good. And I'm like, ah, that's about right. Yeah. You know, I had – I don't know if I should say that I had high hopes – for this Iowa team after the 2K Classic, but I definitely needed to readjust my expectations for what the season could have been. And then I think that we got wildly uh, above-ranked where we should have been. I mean, no, absolutely. No. in the first ranking that came out, we were at like 18 or something like that. Then we played one game against Alabama State, won by a big margin, obviously, and then we jumped four spots 
which was seemed a bit ridiculous. And then after these last two games, unfortunately, it's looking a lot like the Iowa team from last season. You don't play defense. We go for five-minute stretches without scoring a field goal. Uh, we don't have much ball movement. Kind of just dribble around the ball at the top of the key a bunch. I, I don't know what to know, expect out of this Iowa team anymore. I will need Jordan Bohannon to show up. That's yes. true. He doesn't shoot a lot anymore. Well, that's because the shooting percentage this season, specifically from three, is not good at all. We're not. Yeah, we're not shooting very well from deep. But our big guys also aren't playing very good defense down low, and it's kind of driving me absolutely insane. Do you guys like the zone defense? No. Neither do I. It doesn't make a difference what defense we play. If we play zone, we're not fast enough to cover the three-point line. And when we play man, when we double, nobody helps on the weak side, then they still get a wide-open shot. So I don't know. You play Division One basketball, you've got you to gotta play man-to-man defense for the majority of the game. Like, you're like a Syracuse. has played yeah. the best zone ever for like the last 30 years. They got everybody on their team's like six eight with an eight four wingspan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but all right, we host Wisconsin or Illinois, Iowa State tomorrow night. Uh, hopefully, we <laughs> one can, more time. Try that again. We host Iowa State Thursday night in Carver. We need to get off this two game skid. If we win these two games, we have a pretty easy non conference from here until the new year. And let's win tomorrow night. Get another quality non conference win and then just hopefully breeze through the rest of the non-con and then gear up for Big Ten. Maybe not even play Wee's Camp until then. Wait till he's 100% healthy. And Cyclones are good. It's going to be a tough one. I know. They're always good. They're always good. They're always good. But they don't have Matt Thomas, who always pissed me off over the years. So that's, that's a good guy to have gone. But all right, guys, anything else you want to add? Fuck State. Yeah. Yep, Fuck State. Oh, okay. All right, go follow Sam on Twitter. That's S-A-M-M-M-I-D-D. Go follow our show on Twitter. That's go underscore Hawks Iowa. And then my personal page is Myers underscore Luke. Austin Myers does not have a Twitter because he's a a giant J-bag. So, uh, Austin, (laughs) maybe you want to go create one of those tonight. Do a little networking for yourself here. Yeah, well, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Now I have Twitter. That's a, Man, we're going to have to have an off-topics podcast. We're going to roast him. <laughs> yeah, but uh, all right, I guys. read the news. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Hawkeye Tailgate Report again and the first ever HDR End of Football Season Awards show. Make sure you're subscribed to the show on iTunes, and uh, it's also on Podbean if you want to find it that way. Thanks for listening. Go Hawks and Hawks State.